1: Fifth Element is ultra high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle from weekend warriors to professional athletes to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element aka 5E is full spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow. By visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off. Half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com.
2: Welcome back to the Red Sox On Deck Prospect Podcast. This is episode three, where we will be talking about your Greenville Drive this week. Uh, and we have the same crew as usual uh, joining us today on this podcast. Uh, joining me, Jake Devereaux, we have Shelly Verstraight and Bob Osgood. Um, how are you guys doing tonight? Shelly, what's up with you?
3: Um, Everything's like really, really good. I mean, I have my... Uh Greenville Drive, um, Mookie Betts, Scherzi on tonight, you know, just for this, you know, just for this podcast. And um, I'm really excited to talk about these guys, um, you know, it's, it's a very interesting kind of um, uh, player class here. It, it, it's definitely pitcher heavy, um, but I'm excited to talk about this, these guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's a a super interesting level, so we are super stoked to be talking about it. I also will probably stumble across my words and say uh, High A Salem multiple times um, because those two organizations have flipped uh, as part of the reorganization uh, this year. So if I do that, uh, just be forewarned. Um, Bob, what's up with you, my man?
1: Not much. Doing well. Um, You know... So like like Shelly said, looking forward to talking about Greenville. Definitely a pitching-heavy group, so we'll probably be focusing on that a little bit more. But there are also a couple of really exciting hitters to talk about in this group. So, um, you know, just turn to the page to spring here. Excited about two weeks out from baseball. And between that and NCAA tournament, fired up for that too. So a lot of good sports stuff going on in March as uh, the weather starts to get better here.
2: Yeah, there is. When's the first game of the tourney, by the way?
1: There is, uh, you know, a few of the the first four kind of play-in games are Thursday night, and then everybody else gets started Friday at noon time. So, All
2: right. Well, we've got yeah. an exciting weekend ahead of us then. Absolutely. All right. So um, if you want to go out and find these guys on Twitter, you definitely should. Uh, you can find uh, Shelly at ShellyV underscore 643. Uh, you can find Bob at, at BobOsgood15. And you can find me at, at DevJake. Uh, also, if you want to find these two on the uh, internet, what they've written, you can find Shelly at the Dynasty Guru Picture List and Over the Monster. And you can find Bob at the Dynasty Guru and Over the Monster. So tonight we are going to be doing what we normally do for these podcasts. Uh, we have already previewed Triple A Worcester and AA Portland. So if you missed those episodes, please go check those out. Um, we are going to be reviewing the roster for the Greenville Drive, which is, as I alluded to before, is now the high A affiliate for the team. It had been the low A affiliate. It's an excellent, excellent facility uh, down there. Um, they actually won this past year for uh, Baseball America. Baseball America gives out awards for each level for sort of excellence of the franchise and doing things for the community. And uh, Greenville Drive won uh, that award. Uh, and I believe it was the second time that Greenville has actually won that award. So uh, very impressive stuff from from Greenville. And, and they're very deserving of getting that level switch uh, to high A. So I think that's going to be very exciting. Have, have either of you two... Ever had the pleasure of going down to Greenville to see a game at those nice
3: facilities? Um, I haven't. Like that's been like on one of my bucket lists. Um, I've actually been uh, because I mean I live in Virginia, so I've been to the to the uh, Salem facilities. Um, And yeah, I I seeing the Salem facilities is nothing on the the crew of the Salem facilities. (laughs) um and you know everything there I understand um uh, why you know Salem got demoted. Um <laughs> I <laughs> I mean I, I travel for my job well I did travel for my job um uh
2: in the, in around, the before times.
3: In the before times I traveled <laughs> for my job and there was, you know, uh, quite a few times that I I happened to be in Salem, Virginia. So I got to catch some Salem games. So I understand why they were, you know, kind of sort of demoted, <laughs> and then um, again, I I like what they do there, but everything that I've seen, um, you know, from from the other from the other uh, from the other sites, um, yeah, I I just I I really want to get down there just to see what's going on there.
2: Yeah, it's on my
1: list too, Bob. Have you ever made it down there? No, I haven't been to, uh, to either of those spots, so I'd like to, but I've been able to get down to that area too well, often. Team
2: road trip. Here we go. <laughs> uh, we, we got to figure that out at some point. Yeah, I've never been. It's one of the only affiliates that I haven't been to uh, for the Red Sox, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely on my, my checklist. Uh, let's get right to it, though. But uh, news and notes here. Um, Tanner Houck, Jaron Duran, and Tristan Casas were all sent down to the minor leagues. Uh, this was to be expected. We weren't really thinking that any of these guys would break camp with the team. Um, most notable thing here, um, you know, Houck didn't have a great camp. Uh, Duran was exceptional, um, aside from the defense, which remained a little bit rough. Tristan Costas, though, finally got some game of action, which was encouraging to see after whatever his medical issue was that we're still not sure about, but non-baseball related. Um It was great to kind of see all three of those guys and especially see, you know, Tristan Casas get the bat on the ball a few times. Uh, He didn't really do much, but looked pretty good out there. And and most importantly, I think he drew a really cool comparison from Alex Cora about the way he approaches BP. Uh, Cora actually compared him to J.D. Martinez, uh, which is a pretty damn high comparison for a 21-year-old. So uh, just to throw a little gasoline on that fire for Tristan Casas a little bit. Um, but my question for you guys is out of these three, who has the bigger impact in 2021? Let's start with you, Bob.
1: Yeah, in, in order, I would say, uh, I honestly think Duran will have the biggest impact, and uh, I would put Hulk second and Cash as third in 2021. Um, it could flip between Duran and Hulk. I, Certainly talked on a previous episode about how I, I thought it was possible that Duran could be up in the the first half of the year. Um, how will probably there's a better chance that he'll be up. He will probably throw in a, in a good amount of games, and it could be in a swing role, could be as a starter. Um, that remains to be seen. But he's just kind of struggled with his control, um, so he'll have to go back down and work on some things there. So I'll give Duran a slight edge, but I could see it being him or or How personally.
2: Alright. And Shelly, how about you?
3: Yeah, I think I have to agree with Bob here. I think that Duran will have the bigger impact in twenty twenty one over Halk. Um just what Duran has done basically in one year has absolutely just boggled my mind. Like he trained he changed his, you know, his setup at the plate. Um he's gone gangbusters at the alternate sites at Winter League, like in Puerto Rico, and all these other places. And he's, like, really, really good in spring. So, and then also just kind of looking at, like, the the Red Sox kind of, like, outfield uh, alignment currently, I could definitely see where, I mean, if Duran is, like, really killing at the alternate site or AAA, I don't know how that's going to go timeline-wise. You know, I, I I really do think that he could come up and be a really impact player. Um I don't want to, you know, just like poo-poo on Tanner Halk and all of the the all of the things that he did and in twenty twenty and he actually became I think like an actual starter. I I, I just uh, prior to twenty twenty I felt that he was going to be just a believer, right? um but he came up he he really did some things he changed some things he you know just added a different pitch just everything that he's done i do think that he could be a major league starter which just oh i love that if we can get a major league starter from a red sox development system that is an absolute win right but i mean for 2021 i do think that duran would have the biggest impact and i'm Kind of banking that on, um, you know, Halk c- still kind of working on things. And I maybe I, I trust the Red Sox current starting rotation a little bit more than I should.
2: No, I'm, I'm right there with you, Shelly. Um, <clears throat> I, I guess I have it maybe a little bit bigger gap between them than it sounds like you guys do. So if, if I remember correctly from just a few moments ago, you guys had it um, – Duran, uh, then then the pitcher, Tanner Houck, and followed by Casas. I actually think that I would have it, Duran, Casas, Houck. Um, and I think that that is a little bit of a bold take. And, and my reasoning is I've kind of always believed that uh, Casas is going to hit his way to the major leagues um, by the end of 2021. And I actually think that um, <clears throat> I'm a little bit less of a believer in Tanner Houck uh, than it sounds like maybe you guys are uh, in terms of him developing as a starting pitcher. And also, I just like what Heim Bloom has done here with the Red Sox pitching depth. Kind of to follow off your point, Shelly, um, I like the way that Nick Pavetta looks. I like Martin Perez. I've always liked Perez, though. You know that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably too much. Um, Eduardo looks great. Garrett Richards looked fantastic last time. I know that there'll be injuries, but, you know, on – my podcast on the red seat podcast, I actually predicted that it would be Connor Seabold up if there was an injury to either of those guys. So I think it might take kind of a lot for Tanner Houck uh, to get up there. And then there's also the X factor of Matt Andrees or Garrett Whitlock, who are both guys who are very capable uh, of stepping into that starters role who are already in the bullpen. So I could see either of those guys getting a chance before Tanner Houck Uh, as well. I do get the feeling, though, as we move closer to the season with how sketchy the outfield situation is that the Red Sox are way more game for Jaron Duran soon than I previously thought. I kind of think he might end up playing like majority of the season with the big league club. Do you guys agree that he could get, I don't know, at least half the year with the team?
1: Yeah, I think so. And and to your point, for 2021 only, I would say I have a bigger gap between Duran and how than I do Hulk and Cassis. Um, mm-hmm. I could certainly see what you said there. I just think that there will be a need for pitching. Um, I might be, I might not quite be as bullish as you are about all of those pitchers staying healthy. I think you're totally right. Sebold is made some some jumps. Looks like he's been. Pretty good um, throughout the spring, and it sounds like you know those who have eyes on him down there think that that he's ready to contribute as a starter soon. So, um, you know, in the past week or so, I, I feel like I'm starting to to think that Houk might be more in a swingman ro- uh, role role, um, but I just think that he's going to be going to be involved. I think they're going to need a lot of pitchers. I hope that everybody stays healthy, but it's just kind of a group that doesn't have a track record of staying on the field. For an entire season, um, you know, not quite like the was it the um, thirteen team that I think at least four of the pitchers made every start the whole year. I don't think we'll see something like that. But um, you know, w- with Erod, it's great to see him out there and throwing what five, six innings and looks strong. So um, you know, I think it. I think that we'll just see how with more days on the team this year. Then Cassis is really only my point there. Yeah. Shelly, where are you at with that?
3: Yeah, I, I, I just, I believe me, I want to see Casas, um, up, you know, with the team. I, I just don't necessarily see it for this year. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you got, you know, you know, you got Bobby Dalek, You have, um, a lot of other players who could play first, mm-hmm. and. I mean, you know, you know, Casas hasn't played a, what above, what, high A, right? right. Um, so I think that they might want to see him just get some more everyday reps. And if they promote him, even if it's like late in the season, will he get those everyday reps that he wouldn't get um, in the minor leagues? So I think that might be the thing that might uh, diminish Casas. Um, a bit, but I mean, if Casas is coming up, man, I, I am, I'm grabbing my popcorn. I'm just, (laughs) I'm putting on MLB TV to see Casas and his debut and just watching that. Um, but yeah, I think it's more of like the log jam at first slash third that is going to limit Casas for this year.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And let's fast forward here to 2024. Getting our time machines here, Shelley. By 2024, is Casas the biggest name on this team in terms of impact out of these three guys, or has Jaron Duran got a good case for, you know, supplanting him in that role?
3: Yeah, I, I love Casas <clears throat> so much. So like, when I when I put like this this question out there, um, I, I I was really de- I was kind of green between Casas or Duran um but I'm gonna go with Casas I love that dude so much just everything that I've heard from him just how he does at the plate just just everything I am in love with Casas so I will go the biggest impact in 2024 I do think that it's going to be Tristan Casas um but I won't be necessarily shocked if it's jaron duran because how electric he has been recently
2: yeah I'm, I'm sort of on record as as saying that there's a 2030 season lurking in there for for jaron duran but i would still have it tristan casas um babo where are you at with this
1: yeah same way I, w- I would give cassius the the edge for 2024 um you know but <clears throat> like you said the 2030 I mean, that gives you kind of shades of of an Ellsbury kind of year, right? Maybe not quite the 32 homers, 39 steals that he had in the near MVP season. But, I mean, he could be a shade down from there. And especially if he gets the the defense figured out, he could just have that all-around game, doubles, triples, gap power, Um, mix in some home runs, and hopefully the the defense gets there. So it wouldn't shock me either way. I think I would probably put a distant third in the long run. But uh, I I can't add anything that you both haven't already done with Cassius. I am more excited to see him come up whenever that is, and that will be kind of must-see TV from the beginning.
2: All right, enough to Kobe Bellsbury talk. It's time to get to the sale. The uh, oh, there it goes. First time I told you I would do it. Here, let's get to the Greenville Drive lineup here and the uh, rotation. We're actually going to do something a little bit different and start with the uh, the pitching side of things because that is the more exciting side uh, of this particular roster, and in particular, uh, the starting pitchers here are are where it's at. So, <clears throat> the starters for Salem, we have left hander Jay Groom, right hander Brian Bale. Uh, right-hander Ryan Zephyrjohn, left-hander Chris Murphy, right-hander Yusnel Pedron Artiles, and right-hander Brian Van Bell. Yes, I named six people. Uh, They will probably all get some run in that rotation. Uh, And then in the bullpen, we have Jacob Wallace, who came over uh, from, I believe, what was that? The Rockies? Uh, Was that? That was the Rockies guy, right? Jacob Wallace.
3: Yes. yes yes
1: okay yeah it was in uh, the uh the pillar yeah. trade
2: right uh right-hander alex scherf who has trouble staying healthy but has some pretty good stuff uh dominic labrudo uh man this is a tough name oh uh mosqueda yorvin Patoha, uh Osvaldo de la rosa uh brendan nail and hunter hallworth but let's start off with Jake groom shelley uh there's probably, you know, that whole thing about like he's a mystery wrapped in an enigma, and wrapped in a whatever. Yeah, that's Jake Groom. We don't know what the hell this guy is at this point because he's thrown like no professional innings. Um, he had the talent of the number one pitcher in his class in terms of just pure stuff um, off the field stuff, injuries, whatever. Uh, it's not fair to nail him for the off the field stuff because he's been pretty much a model citizen since he's been with the Red Sox. But like, what do we actually have here with this guy? The clock feels like it's running out.
3: Yeah. When it comes to Jay Graham, like seriously, like it's definitely like shruggy emoji. Like that's basically what I want to say with Jay Graham. I mean, like when he was when he was drafted, you know, back in 2016, um, like you said, like he was like the top of the pitching class. And he basically fell because of signability and makeup concerns. I, I, I put it more on the makeup concerns part. Um, but, you know, when we got him, like, I was like super excited. Like, I love this talent, right? Um, but then, like, he doesn't really pitch um, since he was drafted. Uh, he hasn't really eclipsed even 100 professional innings since he was drafted. Um, back in 2016, um, you know, he dealt with, uh, he had to deal with like Tommy John and all these other things. And maybe, um, even before the Tommy John, let's see how this goes and let's do like the rest and rehab. And that didn't work. It's just like, yeah, it's just, uh, his career has just been a cluster F. I, essentially, and I really feel bad for the dude because I really, I really want to pull for him. Um, uh, he's just a, a, he's a he's a really I, honestly I have no idea what to think about him um, because we haven't really seen like a lot of um, you know video or or stuff from him. Um, but he has a a, a pretty decent fastball. Um, you know, it, it sits in like the low nineties, and he has a curveball um, as well um, that has shown. Like, you know, he's shown, like, some, like, plus offering. Like, he can really get out of the sim. Um, but because we haven't really seen him much, especially off the surgery, it, it, who knows? Um, basically, Jay Groom is a humongous question mark. I, I'm hoping that he can be the guy that we thought he was, um, you know, when the Red Sox drives at him. Um. We, Honestly, I just think that we need to see more from him because we've basically seen nothing from him. So, I'm I'm really I'm really um, excited to see him um, this year.
2: Yeah, he'll probably have the most scrutiny on him of any of the pitchers in this group that we're going to be talking about. Not probably, definitely, he will. Um, if if that curveball can return to the form that it was at. Before the surgery and before uh, he was drafted, when it was the best curveball in the class by far, um, then all of a sudden he becomes a really interesting guy again. So that's definitely one we have to watch. Um, Bob, Brian Bayo very interesting guy. Good stuff with him as a right-hander. Uh, what do we have here with Brian Bayo and what should people be looking for as we head into 2021?
1: 18 plus. Yep, so with Bayo, um, he is uh, 21 years old and has a fastball, slider, and changeup. Uh, fastball 93 to 95 tops out at 98. Uh, his primary secondary pitch, um, or I guess that's an oxymoron, but his second best pitch has been the slider um, and then a changeup as well that he's kind of been working on and was working on in 2019 and continues to be a work in progress so um you know it, it seems like he has the potential to be a three pitch pitcher um the numbers in greenville the other greenville right in 2019 uh he was five and ten with a 5.43 era um so you know that the numbers didn't end up that great but kind of the the reports were that he did look strong late in the year, and it was by far the most innings that he had thrown. He had thrown 64 in the previous year, so he got up to about 118 innings and uh, looked strong later in the year, and you know, there is kind of the fallback with Bayo that he could be a reliever if those two pitches kind of become, you know, plus offerings for the fastball and the slider if the changeup doesn't develop. So Bayo is a name that should definitely be on the radar as someone that you know, we're hopeful we'll get up to the, the big league squad at some point in a couple of years. Um, it just kind of has that, um, you know, two different paths potentially, whether he's a starter or a reliever, if he can develop that third pitch.
2: Yeah, I like that you mentioned the the reliever floor with Bayo too, because the fastball and slider do strike me as good enough that, that he could fit into that role pretty cleanly. Um, so yeah, I like him. He's one of my more uh, interesting arms that i'm going to be looking to watch this year. Shelly, uh, Shelley Ryan Zephyrjohn, a uh, very very good fastball here. I believe he's a Kansas product if i remember correctly, but w- what do we know about Ryan Zephyrjohn?
3: Um yeah, when you ever watch video of Ryan Zephyrjohn, you will fall in love. Um he basically looks at he basically looks like like your total like prototypical starter. And I, I have fallen in love with just his commandi- mechanics. Like It looks so smooth, looks so just just prototypical, what you want from a starter. He still has a lot of um, work that he needs to do, right? Uh, he comes from a high, you know, three-quarters arm slot. He has a good fastball, which is in, like, the mid-90s. You know, he has a slider. But that's... that's that's really about it, right? Um, and it, if that is all he has, I mean, that's fine. I'm, that could probably be a good reliever. But I mean, I really want, you know, I really want Zeph to just be a starter just because I I like everything that he does. He is developing a changeup. He's developing a curveball, right? There is still a lot of work that needs to be done here. Um, so again like he probably will be a reliever I'm just hoping that he will be a starter um because you know the secondary pitches and maybe a little bit of the command needs a, a little bit of work but I really do like this guy and I'm hoping that he can put it all together to be a starter but honestly we're probably looking at a reliever here but I mean I really like Zeph so 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 much, um, probably because I look at video and I just love the mechanics, probably way too much.
2: Yeah, he is smooth. He's very smooth, and he's a, he's a big dude. I mean, six five, two twenty five. He is he's a he's a unit out there. That's for sure. Um, the the fastball is definitely enticing, um, and and I think the the command needs to take a little bit of a step forward with that pitch for it to really kind of. Uh, meet its potential, um, but he was one of the guys that I really liked when I saw him in Lowell in 2019, so I, I'm with you there on uh, on him, and, and hopefully he can start throwing that change up to righties more, too, have a little bit more confidence with it. Um, Bob, you get to talk about my favorite guy that I saw at Lowell in 2019, though, uh, a guy who I am absolutely crushing on, uh, had a 1.08 ERA at Lowell, uh, Chris Murphy. Uh, just a
1: electric lefty. Tell us about Murphy. Yeah, Murphy has um, a four-pitch mix um, and kind of, you know, the guy kind of throws the kitchen sink, he's got a little bit of everything. Um, he has had some control issues, and that is the drawback a little bit with Murphy. Um, walked some guys, you know, in, in – um, his later years of college, you know, you look at some of those stats where he had 43 walks and 64 innings. Um, but when he got to Lowell, that was a lot better. Um, had seven walks in 33 innings, and he said that he he made some adjustments in terms of where he threw his fastball. He focused a lot more on throwing the fastball higher in the zone, um, which helped him a lot. He found that you know changing that eye level a little bit made his his secondary pitches um, to get more. Uh, of a chase get chases on those pitches and he actually if you want an interesting listen he was on uh, Ralph Lifshitz Prospect Live podcast um, a few weeks ago and talked a good amount about you know what what pitches he has what adjustments he's made he believes a lot in the analytics piece of the game and weighted balls um, and in the use of those and always has um and additionally he talked about kind of his curveball that it doesn't grade out that well i think it has more like 40 to 45 grades um when you look at it but he says that he has great feel for that pitch and that's his get me over you know his 0 uh, account 1-0 count. That, that that's his field pitch if he needs to to rear back and rely on something to, to throw a strike so uh definitely an impressive guy to listen to you can tell that he just knows a ton about the game a ton about pitching So, you know, just sounds very motivated and, um, you know, just an interesting listen, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, he's a guy who strikes me as somewhat of a a high floor uh, type guy. And it's hard to say that for anybody who's down at this level, especially a sixth rounder. But, you know, the fact that he already has the change up fastball and the feel for the curveball that you mentioned, um, even if the slider never becomes anything more than sort of a show me pitch, um, it's. It's another tool in the toolbox. I just feel like if I had to put money on any of these guys becoming a true four to five starter in the big leagues, it's definitely Chris Murphy with with his stuff. So, yeah, uh, very much yeah. interested in him. Um, two other guys who who we're, I'm just going to hit on real quick here because I uh, find them kind of interesting Um Usnell, Pedron, Artiles, uh, I saw in Lowell as well, um, had a very good season there. He went 7-1 and one, uh, in his time in Lowell, um, nine starts there, 64 innings pitched. Um, the stuff isn't great. The command is pretty good. Uh, he's fastball, super slow curveball, um, as, uh, as Bob pointed out before we got on this recording. I didn't realize it was so slow when I was watching him in person, but... The 67 to 75 band that is that is very slow. Um, <laughs> you don't see a
1: six at the beginning too often.
2: No, you really don't not unless you're in little league but um, you know, <laughs> the change up to 80 to 82 um, decent pitch but I, I think I really liked him because of the command. Uh, he's on the smaller end six feet uh, 190 not a huge guy to be a starting pitcher. Probably not going to be anything, but I found him to be kind of interesting. The other guy, uh, Brian Van Bell, who we haven't seen debut yet um, in the Red Sox organization. And that's because uh, in 2020, he was pitching with Miami. Uh, He was one of the guys that signed with the Red Sox uh, actually during that period where um, people were allowed to sign with the team for $10,000 this past year because the draft was shortened. Um, And he had some really accomplished teammates as well at Miami who ended up signing for more money. But he actually had a great season at Miami, too. 0.68 ERA, 0.76 whip with a ton of strikeouts, just four walks. Um, He's a really interesting guy. I definitely think he could stick as a starter, um, change up fastball type guy. Um, Probably needs to develop a better secondary pitch, but, you know, um, or breaking pitch, I should say but he's, he's interesting. Um, so he's going to be one of the the guys who I'm looking at their performance uh, in this upcoming year. All right, let's get to the bullpen here. Um, the big guy who I want to talk about is Jacob Wallace. Bob, he came over um, from the Rockies as part of that Pillar trade. What do we have here in Jacob Wallace, and and why should we be
1: excited about his prospects as a, as a big league reliever? Yeah, with Wallace... What you, you see with him is just kind of an aggressive um, relief arm, most likely. He's still being brought along with the potential to be a starter's mix as he has a fastball, a slider, and a changeup. So he is potentially um, going to have three pitches, but it's really that fastball-slider mix that you see the the back end that could be two-plus offerings. Um, he has closed in college. He's closed in the minors a little bit. So he's just a, an intense back and arm um, that you might potentially see as a, a closer down the line if he puts everything together.
2: Yeah, that's a really interesting guy. Uh, definitely somebody who will be looking to see how he develops over this uh, upcoming year. Uh, Shelly, let's get down to the actual lineup, though, of the Greenville Drive. Um, that's, there's a few interesting names there, so let, let's run down the list here. Um, starting catcher projects out to be Cole Cottam. first baseman Devlin Granberg, second baseman Cameron Cannon, third baseman Brandon Howlett, shortstop Christian Koss, left fielder Will Dalton, center fielder Gilberto Jimenez, right fielder Tyler Esplin, D.H. Tyreek Reed, Uh, new to the organization there and the bench Roldani Donnie Baldwin, Charlie Madden, Grant Williams, Alex Arrow, Colin Willis. This is projected by Soxprospects.com. Great site there. Definitely check it out. Uh, Shelly, the guy who I want to talk about is the third baseman though, Brandon Howlett. Um, Howlett has been one of those guys who during his time in the Red Sox organization has been highly touted uh, and then struggled a little bit. So, what type of a player is he? Because in twenty eighteen he looked great. Twenty nineteen not so much. I'm not sure what to make of Bernon Howlett.
3: Um yeah, I, I, I feel totally the same. Um I was extremely high when they drafted him um back in twenty eighteen. I felt that this guy was gonna be able to hit. This is this was a guy just they they really locked in on Um, and I mean, he really went game busters after he was drafted, um, back in 2018, you know, like he went, you know, 307, 405, 526, and his slash line, you know, you know, back in, you know, the GCL. Um, but then he was promoted and he struggled. Um, and then in 2019, he was, you know, promoted to, you know, just you know, A Ball and again he he struggled. He struggled with the strikeouts and and everything. And th- this really uh, I I I don't know about this guy. Um I really want to see more from him because he did receive like some work, you know, he was invited to like fall instructs this year. But we didn't really hear much about him. Um I, I really want to know just kind of what's going on with him. Because again, like I, I, I still wanna believe in the guy who was drafted, you know, back in 2018. But there is a lot of work this guy needs to do to actually be a actually be a dude. Um and yeah, we just haven't seen it. So I just I am so excited to see you know, minor league stuff, you know, come back just so I can see Brandon Howlett. Like I, I, again, because I love the dude, but I'm just like, I have no idea where he is right now because he really has underperformed since he was drafted.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting profile, a guy with a good hit tool, um, probably drew maybe a little bit of an aggressive assignment uh, starting at Greenfield in 2019, um, considering, you know, that he hadn't spent too, too much time at Lowell in, uh, in 2018. Um, so it was definitely aggressive. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with him, if he can become anything more than just an org depth guy over time, but he's still just 21, so that is that is an interesting guy. Uh, second baseman, though, Bob Cameron Cannon, high draft pick. Looked like, I, I can't say this any nicer, he looked like shit uh, when he was in the minor leagues. Uh, yeah. Saw him and couldn't believe he was picked as high as he was. Um, you mentioned Ralph Lifschitz. Ralph swears by this guy as somebody who uh, has hit in college, has hit the Cape um did not hit worth a lick at the Penn league for somebody with his pedigree uh and looked frankly just like shockingly bad uh did not pass the eye test so I'm curious what your take is on Cameron Cannon
1: Yeah I you know I could just leave it at he looked like shit in 2019 but um I'll expand a little bit he yeah he hasn't played above the above lower a yet and he is um 23 so these players that are in that 22, 23 range, that, that's the toughest part, that they lost a full season. You know, if they if they didn't get the reps that they needed um, between, you know, whether it might be the uh, alternate site or the instructional league, the, the people who were at college and then played a year and then lost a year, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I guess that's kind of the widest range of outcome group is, is and Cannon's part of that. Um, he was a great hitter in the Pac-12. But, you know, kind of defensively, it looks like 40 to 45 in that 20 to 80 scale, right? So somewhere around average defense, potentially at second base, Um, even maybe left field. It doesn't look like he has the potential to be kind of a shortstop at the major league level. Um, But yeah, he has hit in the past, um, but I just don't know about about the hit tool there. Hopefully we see that this year. It's just again, like Shelley said, this is one of those players that we don't know a ton about. We only got a brief look at them. If somebody gets a one or two month, um, you know, taste in the minor leagues early on, and then has been sitting around for 18 months, it's it's just going to be really interesting to see how all of these guys look, in, including some some more people that we're talking about shortly that have a bit of a higher upside.
2: Well, um, we're gonna go from I don't know to I don't know back to I don't know here because, God, the organization Christian Koss, uh, Shelly, he had a good year recently, but again, we don't really know. Tell us about Koss.
3: Uh, yeah, like this is a kind of like a really um a recent acquisition um for the club. Uh, I mean we traded uh our. You know, our reliever, Johan Ibar to the Rockies um, for Christian Koss. So, honestly, he has never really played, uh, you know, for the, 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 the club. But, I mean, I really, I kind of like him. It just as kind of like, um, just kind of like a bench piece. I mean, that's really all that I'm expecting of him. Um, but I'm expecting. I, I I really just want maybe like some you know Brock Holt level production from him, just a, a bench piece, and maybe even putting maybe even putting a Brock Holt tag on Christian Koss is a little bit high, but I really just think that he is a really really good bench piece. He can he can play you know the infield. He can hit for a bit. He's not going to kill you, um, and he's not going to kill you on the. Defensive side, so I do think that this is a really interesting, um, uh, a bench piece for for the team going forward.
2: Yeah, if he can be that type of outcome, if he can be a utility guy going forward, I think that's a that's an awesome outcome for for Koss, uh, a guy that they just recently acquired. And yeah, I mean that would be fantastic. So that would be another good move by Bloom if that can that can be his outcome. Um, we kind of saved the best for last here. So Bob, you finally get to talk about somebody who we knew and know quite a bit more about a guy who is just recently was at Major League Camp as well, um, because probably partly because they have no outfielders, but Gilberto Jimenez, one of the best prospects in the system. We talk about Barry in the lead here, talking about him as the last guy of the night.
1: Yeah, let's go. All right. So <laughs> with Hilberto uh, Jimenez he is uh, 20 years old and he actually was on the cheap uh, $10,000 bonus that he got in 2017 as a j2 signing so they really found potentially a diamond in the rough with Jimenez um, you know in terms of what he's contributing at this point what we know uh, the speed and the defense are both uh, a, a good he, he has potential 70 speed, which is close to top of the line, as fast as it gets, type of players, um, and a, a very good ceiling of a, an everyday outfielder, potentially center fielder. Um, you know, we talked last week, or I mentioned a little bit, kind of, you know, who are those center fielders of the future? We've been spoiled in Boston between. Uh, Damon and Ellsbury, there's your second reference of the day, Uh, (laughs) Chris and Bradley. Just center field has been outstanding defense for close to two decades. And this year, I don't know, Verdugo, Renfro, Cordero, Kike, I feel like we're a year away from uh, maybe two from bringing somebody in that can show the same defense in center field. Uh, Whether that is Duran, if he can improve, he has the speed to do it. Um, we talked about uh, Jason Rosario last week who potentially could be a, a really good defensive center fielder but might not have the bat. Uh, Jimenez has a better chance to, to have the bat to go with that and I'm hoping is the, uh, the center field or right fielder as both of those we know at Fenway are tough positions to play. Um, so with him he has you know the chance to have four above average tools um, if he can get the hit there to go along with his fielding ability, a very good arm and excellent speed. Um, it remains to be seen if, if the power will come with it. Uh, he can, he hits, he's a switch hitter, which I think is an important thing to note. Um, appears to be a plus hitter from the right side, but he is improving from the left side. I think that can be a bit of a slap hitter at times. And on the left side, you're even faster. You're a couple steps closer to first base. So he can kind of slap and run at times he hit 64 percent of ground balls in 2019 so um you know he needs to he has the widest range of outcomes possibly of anybody in the minor leagues in terms of the sailing the of an everyday center fielder or if the hit tool doesn't quite get to where where we think it might um you know he could be a bench player or fizzle out so um you know i i think he's certainly the most exciting player, uh, at least in my opinion, that that's going to be at Greenville this year. Um, and I would say I'm just most excited to get eyes on him this season as we we haven't seen a whole lot. Another example, it's been a couple of years, but uh, looking forward to seeing Gilberto Jimenez.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing I'll be looking for with Gilberto, uh, and this is a guy who's signed for just 10K too, so another great one by Eddie Romero. And In Manny Natita, Um, but this dude, you know, he had the raw physical skills, and he was pretty much a kid when I saw him in 2019, Um, and he's still a kid. He's just 20 years old, but he was listed at five eleven, one sixty, one fifty. Reports have been that he's filled out quite a bit, muscle wise, uh, and he's putting a charge into the ball a lot more than he was when when I saw him. um, From the right side, like you said, I unfortunately saw him hit lefty way too much when I saw him. I was not impressed with that swing Um, from the left side. It was very, very slappy, looked extremely weak, but apparently from the right side, he's much better. Um, So I'm going to be looking for both of those things. I don't even know if, you know, I don't know what the benefit is of continuing to be a switch hitter. And Probably someone who's smarter at baseball than I am uh, can can tell me what that is. If uh, if you, you are such a slappy hitter from the left side, I'm not sure why you'd continue to show that instead of just working on it from your right side, because it's hard enough to hit major league pitching uh, as, as a righty, never mind as both a righty and a lefty. Uh, so I, I'd kind of like to see them make a decision as to whether or not that's going to be something that's part of his future. And then what he can do with that new physicality because i do think that his ability to make contact and his his speed uh are two of his biggest assets and um reports were that the speed didn't tick down very much even with the added weight it seems like it was mostly good weight so that's extremely interesting uh shelly i'm going to give you a chance to weigh in here too on, on gilberto because i know that this is sort of the biggest name of the night do you have any thoughts on him
3: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I basically echo exactly what you said, Jake. Um, I'm very excited to see what, uh, you know, Gilberto Jimenez does this year. Uh, You know, like you said, that he's added weight, but it hasn't decreased his speed. He's looked really good, but he's packed on muscles. So maybe there's a little bit more power there. Maybe something there. And I also, you know, echo your thoughts where, I I don't think that he really needs to to focus on being a switch hitter. You know, just pick one side, whatever side that is, obviously, you know, the right side. You know, just be a better just guy. You don't don't worry about just being a switch hitter. Focus on your hitting, you know, and really refine that and then just put out that you know, elite defense that I think that he can put out in right field. And I think we have a really, really, I, I'm so excited to see Hibota Jimenez this year. Like seriously, you guys, I'm, yeah, just, just... I'm with you. yeah.
2: <laughs> I love the excitement here. Uh Greenville, another interesting level. It just seems like we're, we're picking a good year to uh, get this podcast started because all the levels seem pretty interesting. And especially as the system gets a little bit deeper with Bloom focusing on that, it seems like we're going to have a lot to talk about uh, all season long. So uh, that was our show tonight. We do appreciate you taking the time out of your routine to join us. And, um, you know, whatever it is you're doing, going to the gym, driving home, whatever it is, uh, thank you for including us in that. Um, please subscribe to the show. You can follow us uh, on on any app where you get your podcasts, the Over the Monster podcast. Uh, that will get you subscribed to uh, my show, the Red Seat podcast. It'll also have you subscribe to the Over the Monster podcast with Matt Collin and Brian Joyner, um, and the uh, Precap podcast with Shelly Restrate and Keaton DeRocher. Uh, Keaton is on with me on the Red Seat as well. Uh, again, follow these guys Bob, at Bob Osgood15. Shelly at ShellyV underscore six four three, myself at at Jake, and uh, we thank you for joining us tonight. We'll be with you again next week.